0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Ronnie. Hey, Brittany. So today I want to talk about somebody who's in the Tuttle Twins, Tuttle Twins, Tuttle Twins, Guide to Courageous Heroes, I think is what it's called. I may butcher that. I apologize. So we just talked about a villain and now I'm like why people do bad things. And I want to talk about someone who's an American hero, really. And this one is really fun today. Um, We're going to talk about Katherine Johnson was her name. And she was one of the first black women to work for NASA. And at this Mm -hmm. time, like few women in general are working for NASA. So being the first black woman to work for NASA was a huge accomplishment. And there's a great movie. I don't know how true it is because – you never know with some of the stuff dramatized, but um, Hidden Figures, which is about yeah. her and two other black women who were just so smart and helped with NASA. And it was, a, from my memory, I think it's a Disney movie, actually. I think it's appropriate. Mm, it might be. Uh, yeah, I don't, it came out not horribly long ago, a few years ago, but that's actually how I first learned about Katherine Johnson was from the movie Hidden Figures. Same. So. I think it's actually like seven, eight years old now. It's pretty old. Oh, maybe um, it is. Okay. But. I don't know, parents, if I can recommend it. So use your best judgment, watch it first. But I think it's a great movie, really heartwarming story. So let's jump into Catherine. So Catherine had always been just a really avid like learner. She loved learning. And she was also just so smart that they had her skip several grades. So she ended up graduating high school at just 14 years old. That's how smart she was. And um, eventually – So she, the president of her college in West Virginia actually picked her to be one of the first students who would start the integration process at her college. And what integration is, is back when they had Jim Crow laws and all these terrible racist laws, you had like black colleges and you had white colleges. But once integration started happening, meaning once they they started putting both black and white students, anybody together, um, that was – and that was not always met with – with kindness there were a lot of bad things happened because of that because people were racist and trying to keep black people out but she was one of the first people to start integrating in her college that used to be all white and by 18 she was already done with school like that's how crazy smart she was so she had a degree a graduate degree in both math and french so very very smart woman and she just loved solving equations like they were just like fun puzzles for her and she was gifted at it like that's that was what she was just so good at In fact, she was so good, the school didn't even have, like, courses that were challenging, school meaning her college, that challenged her enough. They had to, like – they were, like, frantically trying to create new courses for her because (laughs) they couldn't keep up with how brilliant her mind was. So that gives you an idea of just how smart she was. It was crazy smart. So she graduates from college and she becomes a teacher. And she gets married and then she starts this graduate program, meaning like she continues on to get a higher degree in school. So her husband was always really supportive, a very kind man. So she's very lucky. And the thing is, though, she really wanted to become a mother. And so she quit her graduate program and she had a baby girl that eventually, excuse me, eventually she had two more daughters. So she was raising three girls and she still continued teaching, which was nice because she could be with them when they weren't in school. Everything was working out. So then at a family reunion in 1952, a family friend mentioned that the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics was looking for mathematicians. And James, her husband, he encouraged her to apply. So that was in 1953 when she got hired um, by the Langley Memorial. Langley is, I think she's from the area I live in, D.C. Because I believe that is in D.C. So the Langley Memorial Aeronautical Laboratory. That's a mouthful. Um, And she worked in the guidance and navigation department. So she was helping people navigate, right? Um, So Mm -hmm. Catherine quickly made a name for herself as a really hard worker. And she was really honest and she was a reliable mathematician. She was literally like never wrong. People were just baffled at how good she was at these equations. And she loved her work and everyone she worked with loved her too. So then the National Visionary Leadership Project um, recorded all this and, and, She really started making a name for herself in this field that was mostly men, right? And she was one of the few black people in the field. And she commented once, I thought this was interesting, that she never actually felt discriminated against because of her race or not as much, at least, as she did as a woman. She Mm. said it was harder to be a woman in this field than it was to be black. Um, And a lot of that was because back then, men were always taking credit for their work. In fact… I don't think – I think it was like when there was a big report done or a big like research or a big something, women were not allowed to put their name on it. So she would be doing all this work and then a guy was allowed to slap his name on it, which that would be so hard. Like that would be – I don't know. I don't know how I would have done that. (laughs) It would have been really, really hard for me. But, you know, she was never one to sit back and wait for things to happen or wait for somebody to recognize that she was so talented and she was so talented, right? She knew what she was capable of and she always stood up for herself. Um, and, you know, there weren't a lot of – I don't want to say there weren't a lot of assertive women in those days. I think it was hard to be assertive in those days, but you had to well, be the role women was- just – yeah, the role was different, you know, and she yeah. was especially considering she had kids. I say this, you know, because I'm a mom and I have kids. And so I, I understand that a little bit. It's, you know, the she felt as though, oh, my role is that I'm supposed to be the the mom with the kids. And back then that's like what the women did. So yeah, to in, in order to be like, no, I can be a mom and I can have a brain and think and do all these things. She definitely had to be assertive to be able to be like, no, I'm more than just that agreed and a little bit aggressive too right because yeah. if not they were just going to ignore her and you know that that was how she had what she had to do to to even get ahead in her field so in the early days of nasa um i was telling you this yeah women were allowed to put their names on reports and it was nasa not the other one um so no women including herself even though she was probably smarter than all of them she just didn't get credit for for any of her work until eventually there was like a higher up i can't remember who it was who was so impressed by her cause she was literally never wrong that um he allowed her to put her name in a report and the men were not happy but that was like the first time she really broke barriers for for her gender and her race. And that would continue. Like she was just really good at breaking barriers. So unfortunately her husband got a brain tumor and died, right? And oh, left her yeah. with these three girls to live or to raise, which was so hard for her. As she was lucky though, she met another supportive man who helped raise the kids as as her his own. And he was also very supportive of her and like and what she wanted to do with her career. So that was really great for her. And she was an invaluable, like she contributed so much to the United States state space program. And Ronnie, you and I did an episode on the space race and how important that was for like American pride back in the day mm-hmm. in the 60s because they were trying to beat, this is after World War II where Russia had become a superhero, but then America and Russia were at odds. It was the, you know, socialism argument against the free markets. And so there was a lot of lot of pressure for the United States to get ahead in the space program called the space race. So in 1961, she calculated the trajectory of astronaut Alan Shepard and his famous flight. So helping him become the first American in space. That was largely because of her. Because when somebody goes up in space, and I don't know a lot about this. I'm going to butcher this. But when somebody goes out in space, there are people on the ground, like making sure they're going the right direction, making sure everything's in order. And she was that person. And she's doing it, remember, without – computers at the time but then very shortly after after the um the Shepherd, uh, successful mission NASA did begin using machines and com- and what well, they call it for computations but that was computer right instead of people and this is still new technology and remember at the time computers were like huge it wasn't like a tiny thing that got in your desk and it was also new technology that people didn't really believe in because new technology always scares people we're doing that with AI right now right and AI scares me admit <laughs> so so this is new new stuff for them. So what they did is they had Catherine check the computer to make sure the computer had all the equations right. So Catherine is like literally, today we think of computers as like oh so much more than humans. Catherine was checking the computer. They didn't trust the the computer. And just imagine being so good at math that you were the one checking the computer for accuracy. So I always think that's fun. And I believe that's what the movie Hidden Figures is about. How she was doing all that. And yeah, this it's a big part of the movie. This big this part, of the part of the movie. right there. Yeah. Yep. And as NASA, you know, was preparing to send the first man into orbit in 1962, Catherine was selected to do her most famous work. And the mission of John Glenn, that was the first guy to orbit the Earth, was so complex that they had to build almost like an Internet, like a worldwide communications network that linked tracking stations around the world all to this one giant computer in Washington and the one in Cape Canaveral because I think there's a base there and then Bermuda. So these computers were again solved to or created to solve these equations that they needed to get the mission done safely. People's lives depended on this, but they weren't perfect. And John Glenn was so like wary, so like nervous about the computer doing it that he personally asked Catherine to double check and check all the equations and make sure he put his life in her hands. That was the only way he felt safe. And I think there was a quote, I don't know what it is, but that like once he had her on board, he was like ready to go. So she became like the trusted person to program the equations in the computers once they started moving more towards letting the computers do it because everyone trusted her intellect. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, and this is the same with AI, like they're only as good as the people who code and program them on the back end, right? That's how they're able to be so smart. So she helped really advance all this new technology in the field and also helped with probably the one we all know the most, Neil Armstrong's trip to the moon. That's the The famous moon landing in 1969, um, which I think was in July, maybe, or like June, sometime in the summer. But so that was a lot largely because of her too. And it was cool because this was the first real like STEM, like science, you know, engineering, a role model for both women, like all young girls everywhere and and young black girls too. So like she had books and movies about her and even had a Barbie named after her. And this part I really like. She lived to be 101. I thought that oh, wow. was really really cool. Yeah, so yeah, like that's that's crazy that. to me. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think she's a really really cool figure. I think she's also a really important figure because again, this was a time when women and especially black women were not given a ton of credibility even though they were very smart in their fields and she just she proved herself. She was so good that nobody could really keep her down. So really great story. Don't forget to pick up the Tuttle Twins Heroes Guide to learn more about these great heroes and get more of the story of Catherine. This is just a taste. So guys, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, we will talk to you soon. All right, see you soon. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out tuttletwins.com for more awesome content.